Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kim, and I'm honored to have you join us. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is bit.ai. The last weeks have been powered by AI in my mind, conversations and learning, which is probably the same for many of you. I wanted to highlight another tool today that I've discovered and am learning to love. Bit.ai is the first platform to bring document management, creation, and insight to one place. They want to help the world communicate effectively beyond just images and text. Collaborating with cross-functional teams, remote teams, external partners, and clients has become complicated. Piecing information together from various tools to tell a story, make decisions, evaluate projects, close deals, and more has become disjointed. Imagine sharing, collaborating, and working together in one central space. Bit.ai documents have been created to allow projects to be completed, reports to be analyzed, decisions to be made, information to be shared with teams by pulling information together wherever it lives. They have hundreds of educational documents and templates available for free. I love the journey and conversation that takes documents from what we know them to be to what is possible. Bit.ai believes that documents should be multidimensional and tell a story beyond simple text. Bit documents have been created for an enhanced user experience both for the creator and the receiver or user. Add text, images, videos, links, code snippets, rich media and even files within your document to communicate effectively. I highly recommend that you take a look in the link in the description below. Bit.ai Last week, I shared my thoughts about AI and ChatGPT. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to chat briefly about Media Mentor Month and how you can embrace this in your school if you've not started already during March. One way that parents and schools can promote digital wellness is by participating in Media Mentor Month. This annual event started by the incredible Kerry Lee Beasley, a high school learning and tech coach based in Asia, takes place throughout the month of March. It's simple, really. As a family, individual, or class, take time to learn about the positive way we can interact with technology and create balance. Media Mentor Month provides daily prompts to try and hopefully use to reflect upon and open the conversation between kids and adults. This year, Kerry Lee has versions for middle and high school students, in addition to the elementary versions she's created in the past. I've added a link below to follow and connect, or you can find Kerry Lee across her social channels too. You can also find other iterations of Media Mentor Month that are being shared online. Check it out. Media Mentor Month has been gaining momentum over the years, and other schools around the world have been jumping in and creating prompts for their communities to get involved. Media Mentor Month is just that. 
mentoring, cheering on, and promoting healthy habits around technology use, which is especially important for children who are still developing their relationships with technology. Adding to that, by participating in Media Mentor Month, parents and educators can begin to open up the conversation with their students and children while actually using some apps and seeing what they do online. To learn more, connect and follow on your social channel of choice and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with William Tucker. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with William Tucker. William is the co-founder of Charity United, a US-based charity that provides humanitarian aid to children and civilians in need. He's worked as an educational specialist and corporate training officer in international charitable organizations for several decades, training thousands of individuals for their jobs in order to improve the productivity of these organizations. William and his wife have helped over 100,000 kids and civilians in the slums of India, improving their quality of life through literacy education, emergency aid, and other philanthropic initiatives. In collaboration with charities and volunteers in India, Africa, and Latin America, Charity United provides educational tools to children with the aim of giving all children an equal opportunity for a promising future. William, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, William. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? All right, so currently I'm very much engaged in um, creating curriculum or creating educational uh, material for kids in slums or kids in general. We've actually expanded a little bit. You know, I also oversee projects in various locations and I will go on the ground. Uh, And one of my primary philosophies is always test on the ground, right? Because you may in your office, put the best thing together that you think is is the most amazing thing. The, the real question is, does it work for the kids? Yeah, I, I love that. And it's inspirational as well. And the journey you've been on in general, William, is extremely inspirational. What started it for you? Why did you go to the slums and, and kick these sorts of initiatives off? Okay, well, I started with emergency aid, as, as you named earlier. Um, and I think uh, you know, at one point we were helping war refugees uh, and just thousands and thousands of kids coming from war areas, right, and fleeing war zones. And uh, it just struck me because they would always ask, like, why is this happening, right? What did we do wrong? How come this is going on? And when you deliver emergency aid, you know, it's kind of an unending stream. One war stops and another one is started, right? I don't think we've had a peaceful period uh, worldwide uh, for for many, many, many decades. So you start to kind of get in danger of burning out if you're just in that emergency aid. So we just kind of started taking a look like, like what's at the bottom of this? Why all this misery? You know, why can't people just logically sit down, talk and work things out? And uh, it just became evident that, especially in, in you know, less developed areas, Lack of education was a real barrier to peace and progress. Uh, so we wanted to get more at the root of the problem 
rather than always running to catch up. I think that that almost leads really well into my next question too, which was, you know, you've done so much and you continue to do so much. Why the focus on education? What, what intrigued you there specifically? Okay, well, you know, uh, going to the slums, uh, you know, and the, uh, I always ask, what help do you need, right? Uh, and again, you know, it's very easy from a Western viewpoint, you know, to watch TV, watch the news and, and get fed, you know, a certain image of what's wrong with the world. But when you go into a place on the ground, you may actually get a completely different answer, right? So one of the first slums I actually went to was a place called Etwatwa, and that's in South Africa. Now, Etwatwa is a Zulu word, and it actually is the imitative sound of machine gun fire. So that was the name of the place. So to go in there is, uh, you know, some people would say it's scary, and I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous when I went in there uh, and thought, what the hell am I getting myself into? Right. But at the same time, I, I knew that if I did not go to to the worst places, you'd never get a good answer. So going in there, you know, we just I just started asking people, OK, what do you need? What do you feel you need? What What, what is holding you back? And in all the slums that I've been and including that first one, the answer was always, well, you know, we, we'd like to get an education. We'd like to be able to get literate. Uh, and that was really surprising. Right. They were actually aware that their way out was through education. They just didn't have access to it. Really incredible. Yeah, it's a incredible story to listen to because, you know, really we're just scraping the surface here of what is really happening in the world out there. And I think it often gets swept under the rug and it's really inspirational to hear you getting out there and getting stuff done because I think there's a lot of talk in this world, not a lot of do. And you know, I'm heavily involved with schools and school systems globally. And I think, yeah, there's so much that needs to be done. But you've seen this from a different lens. And I'm curious to know if you could change one thing in the schooling systems globally, what would it be? Okay, it would be to focus on comprehension, right? Our current schooling system is actually based on the... Uh, you know, if you go, study, go back in history, it's based on the Prussian education system, uh, 19th century uh, German uh, empire, which was based on conquest. Uh, it was a militaristic empire. The type of education that wanted was an unthinking, obedient soldier, because on the battlefield, you just want people who follow orders, right? You don't want a lot of thinking going on. So that's where all this this examination question marks uh, or questions and this is the right answer and no discussion comes from. And I think to properly develop a child, you have to engage their minds. You have to focus on comprehension. And, and this is something I started doing in the slum. I really focus on literacy, but not from can you pronounce the word correctly or can you, you know, read it? with the right accent or the right pronunciation. Now we focus, do you understand what you are reading? Okay. And the rest will follow. But this way you switch on the mind of the child or the mind of the individual, you know, because you're challenging their comprehension. Yeah. I love that focus. I really do. And I think it's, it's no matter rich, poor, you know, all over the world, geography aside, I think it's something that's critically important. I love that you've called it out. And in particular, 
William, this audience of this podcast are really interested uh, embedding technology into their classrooms, but we have a huge problem globally, and, and this was highlighted during COVID, was the inequality of access to devices. What can we do globally to help this inequality? Okay, well, that's an interesting question, right? Because during COVID, I was actually in the slums of India, right? And uh, yeah, and at the time, uh, everybody was talking about, okay, online education. Okay, how many computers do you think are available in slums? None. Uh, you may have somebody with a cell phone, uh, and if you're lucky, it's a smart smartphone, but the kids don't have access to it. So uh, that was a real problem um, uh, in the slums. So, yeah, how do you solve that? I think this takes cooperation with governments. And I'm not even quite sure. I think there needs to be a certain level of access to technology, but screens can also become hypnotic for kids, right? So too much screens, you know, is not necessarily uh, advantageous uh, at all times, right? So getting back into reading and, and, and doing a healthy split between technology and real life experience, I think is what the answer is. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, William. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why, what's your favorite edtech book or resource? Ooh, I would say that would be an encyclopedia or a dictionary, right? Because this allows you to quickly get factual answers, right? And I think there's plenty of good companies around there that, that have, you know, various different ones and find one you like. I love that. And I'll put a link to a couple in there as well that uh, I always go to. Really nice call out. What about for yourself personally? What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? Ooh, I don't know if it's for the listeners to try. My edtech tool is uh, Adobe Illustrator because uh, I create a lot of educational materials. Um, so, so I will use, uh, you know, image software, you know, to create visuals to help, you know, the child comprehend materials. Brilliant. And what's a, a daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress and succeed in your career, William? Always learn something new every day. Uh, and that could be as simple as reading an encyclopedia article or finding out a little more detail about something you already think you know. Right. So I try to learn one additional thing every day. I love it, William. And I know that the listeners are going to love listening to this as well. And we've only scraped the surface of the things that you do and continue to inspire globally. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? Okay, I have a website called charityunited.us, uh, uh, which is where you can follow me. Or, you know, for some of the uh, educational curriculum I put out, uh, I also have the claritylearningcenters.com. But if you uh, go to charityunited.us, dot uh, us slash gift there will be a little illustrated grammar book that i use in the slums that kids love and that gives a really simple illustrated approach to grammar fantastic thank you so much william i appreciate your time today super inspirational and look forward to connecting again soon thank you so much you're welcome next week join me for episode 119 of the ignite edtech podcast when i'm joined by andrew lowry if you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. 
Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.